What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We have a very, very special guest with us today, repeat offender, good friend on and off the show, Brendan King. So we sit down for the second time with BK as he gives his background. Uh, first, he gets into how he got into broadcasting, you know, where he started, how he got to where he is now for those who maybe missed our first episode with him. And he talked a great deal about how he writes and how important writing is in the sports broadcasting world. Then we ask him about the craziest no he's received. He went in this deep dive about how you got to kind of work around some no's to get the interviews you want. So we ask more about that. And then and he tells us how he started his own show, The Brendan King Show, The Vision Behind It. And we talk a little bit how golf needs a villain these days. Tim, what else do we get into with BK? Yeah, BK is the epitome of grind now, shine later. He is, I mean, we, when you want to be good at something, you have to be borderline obsessed with it, and you have to be, you have to put in the work. You have to just outwork everybody else, and he's, I mean, he shows that through his work, and uh, I, I mean, both the times we brought him on, I mean, he, we, we were engaged the whole time, and mm-hmm. uh, I feel like every time I talk to Brendan, I walk out of the interview fired up, re- ready to go, gr- <laughs> yeah. grind even harder myself. 100%. But, uh, yeah, in, in this interview, I mean, in his industry and what he does, it's important to create content. Uh, it's important to build like a personal brand. So he talks about how he like structures his sound bites, how he puts out content, how he markets himself. So I thought that was super interesting. Um, he also talks about some of the, the challenges he's faced in his career and some of the hurdles he's overcome. I mean, with, with what he does, you have to, I mean, it, it's a very competitive industry. So th- there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things you have to overcome. So he talks about those and what he's kind of done to like pivot and get around those. And I think that's a lesson that we can all learn from um, no matter what we're doing. Um, And then lastly, he kind of talks about uh, the different social media platforms he uses. He talks about um, some of the interesting stories that uh, people have told him on his own podcast. So I thought that was interesting to talk to another podcast host about um, interesting people he's talked about. So yeah, I think, I mean, no matter if you're building your own personal brand or if you're if, if you're working towards something meaningful um i mean there's a lot of good lessons to take from this episode so i, I know you guys are going to love it uh, without further ado episode 164 brendan bk king Appreciate you, uh, Round two. you hanging with us. Round two, yeah. yeah. Um, the view might not be as good this time because last time we were overlooking the South Bend Cubs field. Yeah, but yeah. Now we're now we're in this room, but 
Still yes. thankful to be with you, man. Yeah, it's a little more lax today because we don't have a Ben Zobris game to broadcast in two hours. <laughs> right. So that when you guys were in South Bend, it's oddly enough, it's the morning of, I find out that Ben Zobris is coming out of retirement to rehab with the South Bend Cubs and to try and get back to the major league level. And then it's like, well, I got to do your podcast <laughs> too. And then, but uh, I would have understood that cancellation. Same. But we still made it happen. We made yeah, it happen. It was a good episode. See, that's why you're you. You still made it happen. Pressure was on. I we, do my best for you. We were just keeping you on your toes. Which you did. <laughs> Which you certainly did. Yeah, so last we saw you, uh, you were announcing um, in South Bend. So for maybe first-time listeners or first-time hearing you listen, maybe a quick background uh, for our audience. And then let's transition how you went from South Bend to what you're doing now. Yeah, so that was 2019. And South Bend Cubs baseball broadcasted that for two years on WSBT Radio up in the Bend. Did some Notre Dame broadcast work, and that was great. Two years with the Chicago Cubs organization. And as you guys know, as college classmates, uh, embarked on a broadcast career at a very young age in high school. Started broadcasting football and basketball games for Lincoln Way East High School on Griffin TV. Games went out locally on television, and that's really where you fall in love with it. Going to Butler University, become the lead student voice as a freshman, uh, which really shaped what was to come. And then, as you guys know, um, it's been a lot of baseball since that. 2016 with the Orleans Firebirds in the Cape Cod Baseball League. 2017 with the Boise Hawks at the time in the Northwest League. Uh, short season A affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. 2018, 2019 in South Bend. And Slags, as you said, uh, hanging out here in Indianapolis since last August. Obviously COVID in 2020. But last August came back down to Indy to work Again, with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, a local ESPN radio station here in Indy, where things have been terrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, covering the Colts season last year, getting ready to do that again. I actually was at Colts camp today where Chris Ballard announced that Frank Reich has COVID-19, which you could you could hear pin drop in that room when he said it. Yeah. Thankfully, he's completely asymptomatic and it's all good. He's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, here in Indy over the last year, guys, it's been a unique opportunity to really – broaden the horizons, get better at writing, get better at um, updates, update anchoring. I was a studio host for March Madness, um, awesome. which was sick. Yeah, um, Studio host for the Indy 500, which was equally as cool. And, um, you know, just trying to keep on grinding away. You guys know that's the name of the game, and the hope is to continue doing that. I'm still doing some baseball. I'm calling some games with Howard Kelman, the play-by-play voice of the Indianapolis Indians, mm-hmm. doing some AAA ball. So. Nice. What, uh, what attracted you the most about coming back to Indy to do the 1075 The Fan gig? I know you said you want to work on your writing a little bit, but is there anything that, that you wanted to get out of this? And um, what are some of the biggest takeaways that, that you've been able to, to take away, I guess? Like biggest skills you've gained? You want to speak more on that? Well, to be honest, Timmy, so during the pandemic, I was at home in Mokina, Illinois with mm-hmm. my parents and my sister. And my parents have now retired. They are pretty much split in time between Mokina and Naples, Florida now. Oh, so they bad. are enjoying some things. Yeah. Uh, nice. I got to go see them in April after the tournament, which was great. Getting cool. a nice little break. Yeah. yeah. But I remember last July, I had a very serious conversation with my parents about how much do I love what I do. Like, do you love it enough to where you have not done anything for three and a half months and you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, well, so I thought about it for a night and I decided I love it, love it. I love it more than anything I do. I, it is my passion. It is my soul. Um, the broadcast game and working in sports, I could not imagine sitting at a desk from nine to five, Monday to Friday, my entire life. That's just not me. 
It's not my skill set. So Timmy, to answer your question, coming back to Indy was a blessing because I got in touch with my bosses. And usually I come back down here for the off seasons. The off seasons in baseball, as you know, usually October through early March. Mm. So I'm usually here from that time, but I asked my bosses if I could come back early in August. And they said yes, with the contingent that um, I probably would not get as much work in August and September. That actually turned around to be thankfully false because they were looking for somebody to write on the start of the Indianapolis Colts season because there was no preseason in the NFL last year, but they still had training and Phillip Rivers had just signed. So there's some stories going around. So really wanted to touch up the writing. I wrote for the Collegian in college, but mm-hmm. my writing still wasn't at a point where I wanted it to be necessarily. So mm-hmm. I wrote through the entire Colts season. Okay. Um, recapping games, profiles, writing about Rivers, what he was doing, stats. And that really helped me in turn because then we get to January, February, March, and we learned, holy shit, the NCAA tournament's coming to town. Yeah. Like, this is huge. And they told me I was going to be the studio host for the tournament. So that writing, getting on top of my writing in August, really helped me because part of doing sports updates, I could send you guys a couple examples, in March, it's all about writing because I have 60 seconds to get in as much information as possible to tell everybody mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. from the tournament. So we started doing the updates for the Big Ten tournament, which was also here, and then subsequently the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And then it was cool because I got a bunch of college coaches on my podcast just yeah. reaching out and just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Would love to bring on Chris Holtman or Wayne Tinkle from Oregon State or Josh Pastner mm-hmm. from Georgia Tech. Would love to. I want ten minutes with your coach. That's all I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes with your coach because I want to use those sound bites in the sports updates mm-hmm. to go along with the writing. So oh, that's great. on my laptop, I've got my key points in a word document that I want to get to. You update the scores. So Illinois played Drexel in the first round, one versus sixteen. So we go to Hinkle Fieldhouse right now. Illinois crushing Drexel, whatever the score is. Over to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, where it's a great eight-nine game between Loyola Chicago and uh, Georgia Tech. I talked to Josh Pastner, the head coach of the Yellow Jackets, on Tuesday. Here's what he had to say: Bang, mm-hmm. that's so, perfect. When you're doing a scoreboard update or when you're doing sports updates, the writing is key because you only got 60 seconds. Yeah, and there's a lot of information out there on the internet to that is grabbing at people's attention. You got to make sure you you write something that's memorable and it's going to garner their attention, right? It's all about the headline, and yeah. I think, you know, I don't know, the media today is can be deceptive um, mm-hmm. with headlines and kind of attention grabbers, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, that's the name of the game. Uh, you yeah. want to get as many eyes and clicks on to your headlines as possible, and I've never like been deceptive with my headlines, but you want to be strategic in a way where you're, you're always putting, like, if you're running a story on the Colts, always put Colts in your headline, mm-hmm. because if somebody Googles Colts, or somebody Googles Philip Rivers or now Carson Wentz, your story will come up a little bit more than like maybe like a national story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's a like there's things you can do to make your story like unique and different from other stories too. And that starts with the storytelling. That starts with the people you've talked to. So have you been able to kind of work those stories in to, to really make your stories differentiable? I think say? so. I, yeah. I think so. It also comes with access and how you yeah. use that access. Right. Um, you know, I didn't have a, any press credentials for the actual tournament games. I went to one at Hinkle with uh, our buddy Alex Vanis. We went to the uh, Oregon State-Oklahoma State game, which mm-hmm. was fun. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any, like, access to the actual teams. Mm-hmm. So that's why I reached out to the coaches and the athletic directors, not athletic directors, uh, sports information directors, to ask them for the time because I knew that was going to be my avenue to at least 
get something with these people. Oh, nice. Right? Because I didn't have any press credentials. They were very, very bearish on who giving who they were going to give press credentials to yeah. for the tournament because that was still at the time where the city was closed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they still had an NCAA tournament, but yeah. uh, they did not give out many press credentials. Okay, interesting. What a way around it, though. Yeah, that's you know just figuring out another way. Like, okay, well, most people doors shut, but going straight to them, build a good rapport, yada yada. Who knows what it turns into? You got to tiptoe your way around sometimes, uh, whether that's access, whether that's meeting people, whether that's sneaking in a door, right? <laughs> I mean, y- you want to tiptoe your way around as much as you Where can. Where you been sneaking into, BK? I mean, I snuck into Wrigley Field when I was a kid. Love but, it. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I, I snuck into a door of Wrigley Field on the media side when I was a kid, and uh, thankfully I didn't get in trouble. But no, you, you got to tiptoe your way around sometimes. If you, if you take no as the first answer, mm-hmm. you can take no as an answer, but you should take the no and then kind of flip it around and say, okay, how about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes that can really help you. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember there was one school, I won't say, there was one school I asked, hey, can I interview your coach? And I didn't mention the 10-minute thing. And they said, oh, no, that probably won't be good. I said, okay, mm-hmm. how about for 10 minutes and you guys call me whenever you got some time? And they said, okay. Nice. Yeah. As long as you can, you can arrange a future commitment out yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. said, he will be available for 10 minutes at this time, be near the phone. Deal. Yeah. All right. And you said when you would try to get in touch with those coaches, you would reach out to the athletic director? The sports information director. So in college athletics, Barry Fowler is the athletic director at Butler. But John Dedman is the sports information director. Okay. And if you want to get in touch with Laval Jordan, per se, or Chris Mm -hmm. Holtman in the past, or even Brad, uh, you go through the sports information director. Because if you can email the athletic director, but the athletic director is so much going on that they're not going to care about some kid that wants to talk to your coach. A sports information director... Their job is to be the media relations liaison, mm, right? Job. And make sure that the media is covered. Yeah. So what's like the most aggressive no you've worked around? It's a great question. Um, Where you just, you had to get it. You're like, I'm not leaving. Mm. Or hanging up the phone. That's funny. Um, probably Cubs convention 2019. Mm. Uh, it was my first and only Cubs convention I've ever attended. Couldn't go as a kid because it was too expensive, and the tickets sell out in like 10 minutes. Cubs convention at the Grand Sheraton downtown mm-hmm. Chicago. I mean, it's it's a convention center of Cubs fans. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but I was allowed, along with my boss in South Bend at the time, Chris Hagstrom, we were allowed in the media workroom before the grand introductions of Cubs convention. And there you can pull some players, you can interview them. So you guys might remember, I like talked to David Bodie and Ian Happ, sure. a few other guys. Yeah. Um, I asked for Cole Hamels. And the first reaction I got was, he's tough to find. As Cole, at that time, was only in his second year as a Cub. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't part of that Bryant, Rizzo, Lester group that had been around for a while. So Hamels, he had not talked a lot at the time, but... Mm-hmm. I grew up loving Cole Hamels, you know, 2008 World Series MVP with the Phillies, mm-hmm, okay. guy that I always loved watching. So went up to the Cubs guy, said, hey, would I be able to talk to Cole Hamels? He goes, like, I can't guarantee it. Uh, you'll have to find him yourself. Done. So I'm kind of finagling my way around this. It, it was like a event center, and there were a ton of Cubs players and personalities and team staff just drinking. There were two open bars before they went out for the introductions. And I saw a really tall guy, ended up being Cole Hamels. And drinking hand, he's talking to a couple of people. And I waited 
literally 15 minutes for him to finish up a conversation. Yeah. I, w- I took my chance, went up to him, and said, hey, Cole, like, you available for a couple minutes? He goes, sure, let's go. Nice. So that was cool. Patience. That was, yeah. my, that was my favorite interview I've ever done. Really? It was It was a joy. Like, What about, besides the fact you grew up loving him so much, is there anything specifically about the interview that made it so memorable? Uh, like, he, he was just very personable. Mm-hmm. He actually threw a no-hitter at Wrigley as a member of the Phillies. Mm. In one of his final starts as a Philly, uh, he threw a no-hitter against the Cubs at Wrigley and then ends up coming to the Cubs like a year and a half later. Yeah. So I asked him what he remembered most about that day. And quite frankly, athletes a lot of times, they'll give you a 30-second, 40-second answer. But he goes off on like a two-minute tangent about what it meant to him. His wife was in the ballpark that day. Oh, wow. And what was so special about that no-hitter was the Cubs fans, there were 40,000 people at Wrigley that day. And it was so weird because the Cubs had not been no-hit since the 1960s. It was the first no-hitter thrown against the Cubs since the 60s. Homer away. Since Sandy Koufax, actually. And people in Wrigley, Cubs fans included, were standing and cheering for him to do it against the Cubs in Wrigley. Just to see it happen. Just to see it happen. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, probably the most memorable interview I've ever done. Good, man. Dang. And it was probably nice it was a more casual setting. Yeah. Like it, it oh, it was so lax. He wasn't, yeah. you know, in the media room or, you know, in the locker room still trying to just go take a shower. Um, how do you think that played into the interview? The whole vibe of it, how it felt? Yeah, I mean, here, I'll pull up a picture. It, it, it was awesome. He was very nice. He was polite. Um, he answered every question with thought and care. Mm-hmm. Um, he never bypassed a question. He's right now, he's at like 2,500 strikeouts right now and 3,000 strikeouts is the big benchmark for a pitcher. Okay. Like for a pitcher, usually if you want to get into the hall of fame, you either need 300 wins or you need 3,000 strikeouts. Okay. And he's at about 2,500 strikeouts right now. So that was the last thing I asked him. It was like, as a pitcher who has had a hall of fame pedigree, he's a mm-hmm. world series MVP. Um, he's one of the most dominant lefties of the early 2010s, he's kind of on the borderline for the Hall of Fame. I asked him, is 3,000 strikeouts, is that something that's on your mind? And he started naming off pitchers that he remembers with 3,000 strikeouts Mm. um, that he has enjoyed watching through his career. So, I mean, it was just a cool night. Oh, yeah, I remember this picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, had a great time. I mean, guy's styling. So yeah, you, know, you got to be on your game. Can you send that to me? Yeah, I'm gonna try to use that. Yeah, yeah, for, that, that's yeah. great. That's awesome though. Just you know, I thought I was a good finagler, and BK's just sharing insight on I'm just a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, he's tiptoeing in those in those Jordans just into these interviews. <laughs> sometimes you need it, man. I mean, yeah. like I did, like for example, a couple months ago, like Barstool approached. 1070, it was like, hey, we got Dave Portnoy available if somebody wants to talk to him. And yeah, I heard they bounced right over that, man. Passed like, it on, yeah. Yeah, so I was, thankfully, it was a blessing to even be asked to do it. But mm. at the time, Dave was pushing Barstool Sportsbook, and Dan Dockich already advertises for DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Another guy on the station already advertises for FanDuel. 
And then there are a couple other guys that do FanDuel. And nobody at the time was advertising for Barstool Sportsbook. And myself, I don't advertise for any particular sportsbook. I bet, yeah. but I, I don't advertise for anybody. Right. So they passed it along to me. That's awesome. Yeah, so some, you, you got to get lucky sometimes. Yeah. Okay, now that we're on the topic of your show, do you maybe want to explain a little bit more about, I mean, obviously you said when you first came to 1075, you were able to write, you were able to cover cover sports. But, yeah, I was going to ask, like, have you this summer now that the NCAA tournament's done, has that been able to give you a lot of time for your show? Do you want to explain more about the goal and the vision of your podcast show and um, what, what that's kind of done for you? Yeah, I mean, Timmy, I started the podcast. It's called The Brendan King Show, um, Spotify and Apple anywhere podcast really um i started it because i wanted more reps as a sports radio host Mm -hmm. because i know in the future someday there might be an opportunity to do both play-by-play and a full-time sports radio show Mm -hmm. i mean with how the road is going i mean i didn't expect to be back here for an entire year's time which i'm not complaining about at all it's just a little unexpected so I, i started the podcast with the help of our good buddy brian todd just to get on-air reps and to practice as a sports radio host because it really, being a sports radio host, even more than play-by-play, it takes like a special set of skills to be able to go off on like a 15-minute tangent Mm -hmm. and convince somebody of your opinion. I mean, you guys know that. So being a sports radio host is really difficult because at least play-by-play, you have, in play-by-play, you're describing what's in front of you. Play-by-play is the easiest thing in the world. If you're good at it, the story's in front of you. Yeah. When you're doing sports radio, you're looking at a wall, and it's up to you yeah. to really create everything. Yeah. The writing. Right? The writing, yeah. So I wanted more reps as a sports radio host, and then we just started getting some cool guests. I mean, yeah. the, the coaches thing was very lucky, but I, I think every school that had their coach come on, I mean, we had some great conversations. I mean, Bryce Drew came on from Grand Canyon. That's great. Uh, Obviously, you know him well, region guy, regional legend. Um, Yeah, Holtman was on, uh, Josh Pastner from Georgia Tech. I mean, I can go on. So that was awesome. The Portnoy thing. Um, Sean Avery, who is one of the biggest bad boys in the history of NHL, in the history of the NHL. Um, He's now an actor. He was in Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet. Um, Oh, dang. I saw it. I had no clue what happened. Oh, I still can't tell. I, I need to watch it again, but hmm. I had no idea. It looked badass, oh. but I have no clue what was going on. Couldn't tell you. And actually, Sean Avery, who again, he played for the New York Rangers and the Dallas Stars and the Los Angeles Kings, is one of the most famous enforcers in NHL history, and he's hilarious. Okay. But I asked him to come on, and he did, which was cool, but I asked him about Tenet, and when they filmed it, he didn't know what the movie was about after they filmed it. I saw that clip. That was awesome. He didn't know what the movie was about. <laughs> because they filmed it in a way, Nolan filmed it in a way, I guess, where they did not film it in chronological order. They filmed scenes just based off what who they had at the time and okay. where they were because they filmed it in different sections of the world. So Robert Pattinson didn't know what the damn movie was about. <laughs> I mean, they just were saying lines. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I guess to answer your question in full, I wanted more reps as an on-air host. It's a great opportunity. The vision with the show, if people enjoy listening to it, that's the cherry on top, honestly, Mm -hmm. because I enjoy doing it. If people want to listen, that just means the world to me. And I'm just going to give my opinion on sports, talk about sports, uh, hopefully bring on some cool guests. And again, if people want to listen and people enjoy it, that's even better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking speaking of if people want to listen to your opinion, so I did listen to your Portnoy episode, and you were talking about how golf needs a villain. Yes. I was so on board. I was like, yeah, let's get yes. a bad boy in golf. Bryson. Come on. I don't know all the golfers like you guys do. Like, I'm very ignorant Bryce, to Bryce, I would say Bryson, and then people love to hate Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. And yeah. how ironic is it that Patrick Reed replaces Bryson in the Olympics? Yeah, that's strategic. Yeah. <laughs> and now he has a reason to be pissed. Like, yeah, let's get a bad boy on the links yeah. here. Every sport needs a villain. I don't care if it's tennis. I don't care if it's ping pong. I don't care if it's swimming. It does it so much justice. Yeah, I mean, hell. Just like, like every movie. The, every, the movie Dodgeball. White yeah. Goodman. Like, yeah. you need every a villain. Mo- every movie has an antagonist. Yeah, yeah and I think the uh, the Bryce and Brooks rivalry has been good for, for the sport as well. But yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's exactly how it should be. People can take their sides, and that just creates content. We had Max Holm on the show. Mm. And that was awesome. We asked him about it because I think the golfers realize that some of it's show mm-hmm. and some Definitely. of it's they hate each other. I mean, they, they do dislike each other, right, obviously. Right. But I think they're being very strategic with it. Yeah, where with they their realize, social media. This is a moneymaker. Yeah. This is a yeah. moneymaker for the game. I mean, Brooks did a campaign with Michelob yes. based on people who got kicked out for heckling Bry- uh, yes. Bryson. Yeah, It's such a moneymaker. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no everybody love that loves everybody in golf. Yeah, yeah, you need to shake things up a little bit now that Ty- Tiger Woods may be done I mean, for good. I, you think he is? I think. I mean, I would be very shocked if he's back mm-hmm. playing like competitive golf at that level. I mean, but, people I forget know, we'll that see. Tiger and Phil, like, quite frankly, didn't like each other. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Phil had like all the California records, and he was. I mean, Phil would be way up there if Tiger Woods didn't exist. Like Tiger Woods yeah. robbed Phil of so many different. Yeah. Accolades. I mean, and, I used yeah. to not like Phil because yeah. he went after Tiger. Right. Got to have it. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with that. I think that's great. Good yeah. op- Good opinion. I was like, oh, I've never thought about Every sport needs a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Conor McGregor, great villain. Great villain. Mm-hmm. Love to love him, love to hate him. Mm-hmm. Snapped his leg in half, though. Snapped. Yeah. yeah. That sucked. Yeah, and he was talking a lot about the dude's wife. It's like, all right, man. Yeah. Okay, we just lost. I mean, that's a talk shit. Get hit type <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only yeah. McGregor would talk shit while his ankle is broken. Yeah. Laying in defeat in the ring. <laughs> well, did you guys see there was, it was someone from the stands. So it's kind of a distant pixelated photo, but you see Dustin Poirier's wife like flipping a strong bird, oh, like yeah. strong bird <laughs> across the octagon while they're looking at McGregor's leg. Like, he's just on the ground, and she's just flipping this super strong bird. Like, there is force. That's awesome. Behind that bird. Good for oh, her. No, that's what I said. I was like, yeah, get you some of that, too. Get some talking, honey. Yeah. Uh-huh. She earned it. Yeah. And then Dustin was like, you know, you can talk about my wife. She's fine. I know she's cool. You threatened <laughs> my life. Dude, you don't do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was like, was he taking it too literal? But, McGregor, you never know. Right. <laughs> flies off the hinges <laughs> but so uh bk with your show you're partnered with friday beers yeah how how did that kind of come to fruition what's a partnership like how, how has that um changed the dynamic of the show brian todd man brian todd that he um i don't think he actually works his day job because he just texts me <laughs> paragraphs upon paragraphs of ideas for the show <laughs> and how we can just Go to the moon is what he says. Um, but really cool. So Friday Beers has the like ambassador program thing. So mm-hmm. we applied for the show to be 
the show to be the ambassador, not me or not him, but the okay. show to be the ambassador. Yeah. And in turn, um, we can bring people from over there on. I mean, the Barrett brothers do a great job. I'm sure you guys follow the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hilarious. Right. So, and the merch is cool. So they give us a discount code for the merch. I get We get a slice of that, which is nice. And I think people really seem to enjoy it. I mean, people yeah. were pretty curious at first about like how it happened. And I was too, honestly, because it was all beat Todd. But I mean, that's a page that has over a million followers and, you know, they're doing great stuff. And I know that they seem to be happy with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows what the future holds? Honestly, I, I think that's a thing where we're just getting started because they're a growing page. Hopefully we continue to grow and you guys continue to grow. And, you know, who knows what can happen because right. they'll continue to take over college campuses with ambassadors like the Barstool athlete thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be Friday beers athletes yeah, in yeah. the very that's near future point. with NIL. So, and I know that they plan, they're now planning events with like COVID, um, hopefully in the rear view mirror, Vegas, New York, Chicago. I know events are being planned. So it's something that was definitely different and new for me because I've never really pushed a sponsor, pushed a partner, mm-hmm. but I think they do awesome stuff. Yeah. So I guess I wasn't aware of how big of a role Brian Todd had in the making of the show. Yeah, I, well, he he has <laughs> he has nothing to do with like the recording or like the um, actual getting the show online. But in terms of being the guy in the background, I mean, creating the be, part, partnerships. Yeah, I mean, B Todd's a okay. superstar. I mean, you know how his brain works. Yeah, his, yeah. his brain is not a normal brain. So is that, he reaching out to guests and things too? No, I okay. I, I guess, but he, anything like partnership or how to advertise that stuff because I guess uh, Dylan Zangar, our buddy. Works in advertising down in Nashville. Dan Fusen's doing huge stuff with his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, dude, he's uh, a monster. Right, right now. so Dan and I are kind of going along the same lines that we're trying to push our stuff. Yeah. So um, I have a Nashville trip scheduled in the near future to talk some biz with the boys. Nice. So, yeah. No, beats, dude, you know how B Todd's brain works. I mean, so social chair. So he's just going to go agent mode right now? Uh, he's <laughs> technically the agent. I mean, yeah. consultant. Yeah, well. big consultant, agent. Yeah. So, Good no, he, it fits perfectly. Anytime he comes up with a fucking idea, yeah, he just texts me. Dude, yeah, why are you holding out on us, man? <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he, paragraphs, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, want, I want paragraphs. Yeah. B Todd, I want, I want paragraphs. So, no, nah, guy's a stud. Yeah, so, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that is so no. Good I, to hear. We're, we're the big part is we're having fun. Yeah. If at mm-hmm. any point in anything I do, if I'm not having fun, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's fair. So good policy. Yeah. yeah. And that's cool to be at that point where you can right pull the plug if you want. Yeah. yeah. So. So having a blast. Yeah, that's great. And then in terms of like, I know you have the interviews, but you also have the ones where you're just talking yourself, right? How do you prepare for those? Are those just completely impromptu? Or are you like? Do you have a preparation process or how you how you approach that? So like I said earlier, when you're doing a sports update, it's all about writing. Yeah. Um, I can play one for you guys right now if you yeah, want. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let it rip. And we can plug one in the, in the episode too. Yeah. So in terms of doing a sports update, it's all about writing and it's all about fitting in what they call sound bites. Sound bites are the clips from yeah. the coaches that I'd use. So okay. I put together a, what they call melt. Um, a melt is like a highlight reel of your stuff in oh, broadcasting. Cool. Sweet. So I put together a melt of my March Madness studio updates, and this is just a, an example of one that yeah, would have aired. Hold it up to the mic there. 
Association asking everyone to mask up and stay safe as we celebrate Hoosier hysteria. This is your IHSAA. I'm Brendan King with this tournament scoreboard update. And I'll tell you what, one versus 16 right now over at Lucas Oil Stadium. Under 12 first half, Hartford leading Baylor 10 to 8. Had a chance to talk to John Gallagher, the head coach at Hartford earlier this week. Here's what he had to say about hanging with the Bears. Can you hang around the first four minutes and then that timeout, the first media timeout? Then the next four, then the next four. It's literally four-minute mini-games, and that's what we talk about. And, and you just got to do everything you can to stay poised enough to hang around the game. That's what they're doing. They lead by two. Oral Roberts up on Ohio State at a half, 36-33. Keep an eye on that one. I'm Brendan King. That's all of it. So there you go. That's and Oral Roberts, of course, upset Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. so, so are you so, – So that's all – Preparation, that's all okay. right. And are you doing the production too? Like, are you visually cutting out the sound bites yourself and doing yep. all that? Do you have yep. someone that assists you with that? Uh, that was me. Okay. So, after every interview, I went in and I cut up yeah. different little highlights. And so, John Gallagher, the head coach at Hartford, 16 seed, asked him, like, how do you beat Baylor? Mm-hmm. And he says, by doing what we did all year, cut that up, have that ready, press play when you're. And mm-hmm. you got to make sure, though, but again, it's a 60 second update. Sure. And so, you. I tried not to keep any of those sound bites over 15 seconds. If they're over 15 seconds, you really do yourself a disservice because then you're talking too fast. You're trying to mm. fill stu- some time right. that might not be there. So that's that's writing and that's with stats and bullet points in front of me. When you're doing the show, I'll have stats and bullet points in front of me, but it's kind of like freestyling, right? Mm, I mean, okay. you're just going, you're basing your opinion it doesn't really matter if you stumble over your words in updates you kind of got to be on your game mm-hmm. yeah in terms of can't stumble got to hit those sound bites right to a t and you got to be out on time yeah yeah so tv time's expensive radio time. radio time yeah it, no seriously it is expensive yeah. i mean those ihsaa was a sponsor there are a couple other sponsors of those updates too so so you did such a good job in what I just listened to. I had a whole image, and I was watching TV. That's why I said there t- TV time. There That's how good you are, man. <laughs> no, uh, I really do like your show, um, and I know you've kind of shortened it a little bit too. My next queued up episode is you and Ben Polizzi. Mm. I mm. haven't checked that Mr. one out Polizzi. yet. Yeah, he's one really funny, though. One of my favorites. He is one of the funniest people on the internet. He yeah. is really just on a rocket ship right now. He's exploding. He's working with that Trevor Wallace guy. I have not heard of Trevor Wallace. Wallace. Uh, like LA-based comedian, he's really okay. funny too. Okay, but Polizzi, Polizzi needs a bigger following. Like, I know Joey Molinaro very well. Okay, and Joey was also on the pod. But Joey is a great guy. Works with Barstool. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's with Barstool, yeah. and obviously Joey has taken off like a rocket ship in yeah. the last year or so. But I think Polizzi is right on that same level where it's not going to be very long for him because he is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like the everyday stuff too. He crushes the oh, everyday he's so, life he's stuff. He's so funny. Yeah. He is so funny. Um, his stand up as well is terrific. So that's a guy I root for. Yeah. See, I've not seen him live. I tried to get him on our show a year and a half, two years ago. I think our GoPro just died. Um, that's super excellent. Is this room going to blow up? Um, it, it just <laughs> might, like but I'll set, up, I'll set up my phone in a minute here. Um, but yeah, because uh, I knew him from the gym. We used to go to the same gym. Mm. And <laughs> he's a lot bigger than I. Um, he's huge, actually. Yeah, he's he's Played pretty yoked. Yeah, he's pretty yoked. Um, but 
that's how I first knew him. And like he was obviously doing his comedy stuff then. I just had no idea. And uh, then I found out. I was like, so we kind of built a good rapport. I was like, hey, you want to do the show? He's like, yeah, hit me up. The dude ghosts me, man. But I'm I'm sure like he was making content. probably on the cusp of you know hitting that full stride. Like I said, this was probably a couple of years ago. So I know he was probably yeah. in the trenches. And he's like, ah oh, man, like no one knows who your show is. Like, what's worse, being ghosted normally or being ghosted by an interview? Mm, mm, um, I'll let you answer that. Why you've been ghosted? <laughs> yeah, dude. Recently, it's <laughs> oh, like no! it's like this. It's a fucking thing now, and I'm like. Yo, have some respect in balls, too. Um, <laughs> interview or just in general? I guess it would depend on who the interview was with. Like, I don't know. If someone we never met and just like yeah, found us something. on the internet and got ghosted by that person, not a big deal. If it's like, you know, a repeat guest, if if you just did I would, a show. Oh, come on. No. Like, my first thought would be, oh, man, is he like, okay? Because you wouldn't do that. But... If that were the case, then I'd take it a little more like personable or personal than just a normal mm. ghost. So it depends on the guest. Yes. But guess uh, getting ghosted in real life, dude, it's like this thing. It's it's our generation's thing of oh, I'm just done. It's yeah. like wow, I. It's weird. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me, PK. Uh, uh, maybe. No, you're right. It can't Who's going to want to leave the air? It can't be. Who's going to want to leave the flow? <laughs> it can't yeah. be. It can't Who's gonna be. Who's going to want to turn down this kid? You're, you're so right. All right. Let's keep rolling. I'm going to set up my phone so we get some more content here. Oh, it's sure. on full charge. What do you got, Timmy? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I guess my question is like, I know you said you didn't expect to be in Indy for a year, is how, however long you've had. It's been a year. Yeah. yeah. Has this experience in the last year, has it shifted like your long-term goals at all has it adjusted anything or is this kind of like another just stop on the journey um you want to like speak more about how this is going to fit like within your like your future goals would you say yeah so as you guys know the end goal of all end goal is to become the broadcaster for the chicago cubs yep. and throw that out there again that's not it's never going away existence yeah it's never going away yeah um that will be the dream until i cannot walk anymore mm-hmm. or i cannot talk anymore mm-hmm. um I think what the last year has shown me, though, is that I have the ability to do multiple things on top of play-by-play. Mm-hmm. I think in the South Bend years, I was so focused on the play-by-play that I kind of let the other things drift away a bit. Mm-hmm. So being here, writing as much as I do, I write pretty much every day for mm-hmm. the 107.5 website. Mm-hmm. The Marsh Madness stuff, the Indy 500 stuff. Because in the Indy 500, not only was I doing the audio updates, as I just showed you, same type of thing, I was doing video updates on Twitter where I just took my phone, put it on a tripod thing, and held it in front of me and did updates from the pits. And mm-hmm. 107.5 tweeted that then. So I've gotten reps in the past year, Timmy, of play-by-play, sports update anchoring, um, video anchoring, vid- talking into a camera, because TV and radio is so different. When you're doing TV as like you're talking into a camera, you, your eyes need to be locked on the prize. You can't be. Yeah. That, that's the problem with a lot of TV people is they kind of have flying heads and flying eyes. You, you got to be locked right on the screen. Mm-hmm. So reps, play-by-play, sports update anchoring, video, writing, hosting. I mean, that's, that's power five right there. I mean, mm-hmm. that is everything that I feel comfortable with. Now there's other parts of broadcasting. There's other things you can do. Um, but... Those are the five things that I think my skill set fits best. 
and I've gotten all of those reps within the last 10 months. Yeah. So, which is huge. Is yep. there any of those that you enjoy more than the others? Or do I you kind of enjoy everything the same? You know how much I love doing play-by-play. I mean, yeah. painting a picture on the radio is yeah. personally my favorite thing. And okay. I th- still there. D- I mean, I'm always humble no matter what, but it's personally what I think I'm best at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I think my personality and my drive fits best. I mean, Pat Hughes is my mentor and hero. He's the broadcaster for the Cubs, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing Cubs radio since before we were born. Um, Ron Sano was his longtime partner. Ron passed away. Then it was Keith Moreland, former Cub, and now it's uh, Ron Coomer, another former Cub. Mm-hmm. So they work together in the booth, and I've had an opportunity to get to know Pat now over the last couple of years. We talk on a pretty regular basis. He listens to my stuff, gives me pointers. Uh, I had a chance to meet him in person at the same Cubs convention oh, a couple awesome. years ago. Yeah. So uh, he's my mentor. He's the guy I turn to. Um, anything play-by-play. So play-by-play is my favorite, but... Again, to get the reps doing everything else, yeah, is I can't tell you how monstrous that is. Yeah, because that makes you a more complete professional. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Because then you could go to somebody's office. My goal this whole last year and a half has been to go to somebody's office to show them everything I've done and said, hey, this is how I got better during COVID when everybody yeah. else sat on the couch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Is there anything that, I mean, that's all, like you said, you've been juggling a lot of stuff. Is there any like tips and tricks you've done to manage your time better or organize your time? Or because uh, I mean, you gotta. I'm sure you have to be very thoughtful with your time. How much you spend on each thing? Is there anything special you've done to like, like be more productive and be more organized? I uh, have made sure to not sacrifice sleep. Okay. Um, I've always made sure to get at least six hours. Okay. No matter if I have to sleep, like. You know, go to bed really early or go to bed really late. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know, again, whether that's having to crash at ten or having to crash at four. Yeah, getting at least six hours, making sure I'm well, I'm refreshed. Yeah, that's huge. Because um, I, I find that if I sacrifice sleep, I start to kind of be impacted. Yeah, from from a job basis. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I in minor league baseball, as you guys know, it's being on a bus. Um, it's sometimes sleeping on an air mattress. Um, sleeping on a bus isn't that comfortable. No. So and you got to be sharp, right? So I find that when I'm able to get sleep and I'm able to lock in and be refreshed, that's that's when I'm at my best. Mm-hmm. Good. What a great mentor for you to have, though. Too, he's Pat the best. Hughes. Um, he's the best. So that kind of started after you met him at the convention. So I have listened to him my whole life, mm-hmm. right? Um, my grandparents. Any so when I was a kid. My grandparents usually picked me up from school, and Cubs play a lot of day games, as you know. Mm-hmm. So 720 WGN Radio AM in Chicago at the time was the Cubs affiliate, and Pat was on every day from April through September. So when my grandparents picked me up from school in April and May, Cubs Radio was on. When they picked me up from school in August and September, Cubs Radio was on. Yeah. So grew up listening Never had an avenue to reach out until I worked in the Cubs organization, of course. I mean, he's a tough guy to reach. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a very private individual. Okay. For, for being a public figure, he's a very private individual. Yeah. So didn't meet him until January of 2019. And then he started to listen to my stuff around then. And again, we talked pretty regularly. Yeah. So. so, And I know you said he gives you some good feedback and things. Um, outside of that, how has his mentorship kind of changed the way you've gone about things the last mm-hmm. year and a half, two years? To not feel down about where I was. So, obviously, I'm not in South Bend right now. And 
I left, some things didn't go the way that we would have preferred. Like some stuff went down and I was forced to make a decision in which I did not go back. Okay. So that hurt. And to tell Pat that I was leaving hurt even more. And then to tell all like the guys that I know in the organization, the players that we won the championship with, the writers, the managers, the people at Wrigley, it, it didn't feel good. Yeah. So, but, so I was not feeling too well from a personal perspective after actually before like August of 2020. So probably from like January of 2020 until August, like I was kind of confused about where I was mm. from a play-by-play perspective. But thankfully now coming back here, being able to work on everything, broadcasting some Indians games, AAA, Pirates organization. I mean, Victory Field's awesome. You guys yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. love Great it time. there. So yeah. to learn from Howard Kelman, a guy that has been the announcer for the Indians for 45 years. Jeez. He has been here his entire adult life. To learn from him has really shown me, and to learn from Pat too, that sometimes it takes patience. And the patience has really paid off, and the future definitely does feel bright. So. Yeah. It looks like it. I mean, everything seems to be falling into place. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would have expected that. Yeah. If you, if you told me that last July. Because... I, again, I had to have a very serious chat with my parents, mm-hmm. like yeah. as as serious as I've ever had yeah, when right. it comes to my future, because they they my family supports me in ways that I probably won't fully appreciate until I'm much older. Mm-hmm. But like that was a, as real as like a convo as I've needed to have to tell yeah. them like that I'm I'm in this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of weird. But. And, you're, and you're moving up in the game too. Yeah. Like, again, if it, it feels good, I, yeah. I feel I feel as confident as I ever have good. on the air. Good. Um, you know, I, I was actually in South Bend a week and a half ago, uh, filling in, broadcasting some games. Nice. Uh, which it was great to be back. There were two walk off wins. So okay. There we go. How about that. Hey. hey. Any so, guys down from the majors? Any anyone doing? There was rehab no rehabs. Or, no? But uh, what was cool is that in minor league baseball, they have shifted some things around. They've kind of screwed things up. But South Bend is now the high A affiliate of the Cubs before they were the low A. Right. Okay. And Interesting. Myrtle Beach, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, they were high A and now they're low A. So Cubs, huh. the South Bend and Myrtle Beach switch spots. Because of travel? No. Be, oh. uh, it, Just it, complications. So minor league baseball, Pat O'Connor was the president of minor league baseball and he retired. Okay. Retired and yeah. Major League Baseball. Good thing we do video now. We can see the air quotes. <laughs> Major League Baseball is now in charge of minor league baseball, meaning Rob Manfred runs the show. Interesting. And Manfred has made some decisions, including cutting over sixty franchises. Whoa. The Boise Hawks, my first professional yeah, team, right, right. are no longer no a minor league baseball team. They wow. are now an independent league team. Wow. So they are trying to survive. So Manfred and Major League Baseball have made some serious changes. It did work out for South Bend, though, because they became a higher level. Right. And instead of being three steps away from the majors, they're now two because it now goes Myrtle Beach, South Bend, Tennessee, AA, and Iowa, and AAA. But 
what th- that is also done being back there a week and a half ago, a lot of the guys who won the low A championship in South End mm-hmm. are now playing there for another year. So I got to catch up with some guys I haven't seen in two years. Oh, dude, yeah. that's awesome. Nice. So it's cool. That's awesome. What uh, do you know the criteria for all the cuts? Like, was it budget strictly budget related or? So they got rid of all short season baseball. That includes Boise. So there were how many short season leagues were there? There were three short season leagues: the Northwest League, which I was in, okay, which longest bus rides in America. <laughs> they no longer exist. It's crazy. People, people now will never know. Yeah. Uh, some of the best stories I can ever tell were the buses, especially the 14-hour ride to Vancouver. <laughs> uh, yeah, that gets intimate, I imagine. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, were, uh, there was the Appalachian League, and there was one more that I'm blanking on a name. Anyway, there were short, three short-season leagues, and adding together, that's about 40 teams. They all go away. And then across elsewhere in minor league ball, for example, in the South Bend Cubs League, they got rid of three teams. Okay. So they started making additional cuts to a few other leagues around the country, where they took away some teams. Got so um, the, the cuts, uh, you feel bad because that's a lot of lives that were impacted, sure. not just players, not just coaches, but front office people mm-hmm. who had to go get new jobs and maybe families. now work out of sports, yeah. Yeah. Families, families, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's unfortunate, and mm-hmm. it has definitely been felt by people I, that I know personally. Mm. Man. That's tough, yeah, especially running. He's already running the majors. To add a whole nother I, section, it's just like, I would want someone else to do that. Like, hey, you do that. I already got this. Which it was. I kind of got to be careful with yeah, how yeah, I say it. Sure. But, like, Manfred, from a national perspective, I think more people are watching baseball right now than maybe three or four years ago. I think they've done a good job, especially with social media. And is that on Manfred? I don't know. But that was their hurl that they had. Right. Time. Major yeah. League Baseball. The Major League Baseball TikTok page is awesome. I don't think I follow it. I don't know who manages it, but it's terrific. Uh, the Major League Baseball Twitter and Instagram is also very good. And maybe that's Manfred hiring those people. I don't know. But from an actual in-game perspective, they got some stuff to work on. Yeah. So. Well, always insightful hearing yeah. the ins and outs of the leagues from BK. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. What you can. Yeah. What you can. It, it's just... There's still major problems, and yeah. I'm not sure if they'll ever yeah. overcome them. I think we just vote you as head of everything. Yeah, I, I, was gonna ask. I appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you who needs to be the commissioner of baseball. Who? And it's one name. It's Theo Epstein. Oh, okay. Theo okay. Epstein is now working in the Major League Baseball front office in New York. Gotcha. He's, so, he's working under Banford. Okay. And, and why do you think he is the guy? Theo's the guy because he's won everywhere he's been. Doesn't matter. Everything Theo me. touches turns to gold. Okay. Yeah. Theo could touch your microphone and it'd turn yellow. Hmm. Uh, dude, I'm sold. You Next know subject. <laughs> Seriously, I, Theo knows how to grow the game. He knows exactly what the young audience wants because he was a 30 year old general manager mm-hmm. with yeah. the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. He knows exactly what works. And Theo now is a little bit older. He's got kids. He's got kids that soon will be playing baseball. Mm-hmm. He's got kids that are in school. And he's got kids that are in school with lots of kids who also enjoy baseball. Get the perspective of the young yeah. kids. Get the yeah. do what the kids want to do. More home run derbies, all for it. Shohei Otani's like everybody should be a Shohei Otani. Like if you want to pitch and hit, do it. Yeah. Like it it might backfire on you in a big way, but if you want to try it, hell, go. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Theo is 
really setting up to be a great commissioner someday. I really hope so. That's awesome. BK, so yeah, like yeah. looking forward to like your career and like your your ultimate goal of, of calling play by play for the Chicago Cubs. I know like a lot of other things like need to happen and kind of fall into place for that. But I want to ask you like at this point like I know you'll continue to refine your craft and, and keep continue to get better. But is there anything that you've like identified that you're going to need to do in the future to to move yourself closer to that goal? Is it going to be relationships mm-hmm. that you build like? Have you given thought about like what you can truly do to separate yourself to get that? I have. Um, it's very complicated, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, you need the chips to fall your way. Because there's a lot of people that also are like in those spots for many years at a time, right? Being a Major League Baseball broadcaster is like being a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It is your job, unless you do something terribly bad, like Tom Brenneman, right? Yep. Or until you retire, like Finn Scully. I mean, okay. you know, Tom Brenneman messed up huge, mm-hmm. big time, and he's done. Mm-hmm. Vince Scully is the most universe, universally loved broadcaster there is, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I have not stopped building the relationships in Chicago. I've kept up with Pat. Len Casper is now the broadcaster for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you read that. He left yeah. the Cubs booth yep, to go yep. to the Sox. I'm still close with Len um, because I built a decent friendship with Len because – he brought me on WGN before the Cubs went to Marquee, their, their new network. Okay. Len brought me on WGN to do some features from nice, South Bend. So nice. got to work with Len. Uh, Patrick Mooney, who covers the Cubs for The Athletic. He has been covering the Cubs since I was in sixth grade, probably. Um, I grew up reading his stuff. He's now a friend of mine. He comes on my radio show with the fan uh, nearly every week. That's awesome. And then another guy that I've reached out to and gotten close with, David Kaplan, Cap has covered Chicago sports for 25, 30 years. He was the Cubs pregame and postgame show host my entire childhood. Like, literally came home, watched him on TV every day. And now I reached out to him through Andrew Berlin, who is the owner of the South Bend Cubs. Oh, nice. And uh, Cap and I are now friends, and he comes on my show a lot, too. That's so cool. okay. uh, b- building the relationships, I think, is going to be the biggest yeah. part. And it certainly helps that Mr. Berlin is a part owner of the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with Berlin about what my dream is and what I want to do. And, man, he's an in, and he's quite the in. I yeah. mean, he knows Tom Ricketts. And, you know, Pat is into his 60s. Uh, I think Pat's going to continue to broadcast for a long time. But you just never know. I mean, I think Len's a great example. Who thought Len would leave the Cubs booth to go to the Sox? Yeah, I mean, you right. told me that five years ago. I thought you're <laughs> you're on drugs, man. So, um, I, the relationship is huge, and it's probably just making sure that you're doing something every single day. Keep going to put yourself in a position to get closer to that goal. So again, it's refining the skills, mm-hmm. getting better with all five things that I mentioned: play by play, sports update, anchoring. Because when you're a play-by-play guy, too, sometimes you got to go through and report on major league scores. Yeah. And you have 30 seconds to do that before the commercial break. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're trying to get as many scores as possible in 30 seconds. The video stuff, more and more people on social media are putting out videos of themselves talking about sports. Yeah, I was going to say, so, just putting out content yes. is, is the thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and the writing and the sports radio hosting. So, the, the more you can refine yourself and the more – it's like being a kid in – you're being suggested to play different sports, right? Mm-hmm. Not every, You shouldn't play baseball year-round if you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You should play baseball. You should play hockey. You should run, right. track, right? 
you should do as many things as possible to get yourself athletically ready for whatever the sport of your future is. Same mm-hmm. thing with broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're on, I mean, you obviously have the podcast that's on all the different platforms. You have your SoundCloud channel that you put stuff on. Mm-hmm. Is there any like other channels that you're, you're obviously like social media and the internet, it's going to continue to change over time. But like, is there anything that you've identified as like another channel that you want to explore? Or are you just kind of double down on what you're already Dude, on right now? TikTok's crazy. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, sure, you could be a kid, you could just do a bunch of like dances and stuff. But like, I have kind of walked into the TikTok and it just have started posting videos it is so powerful. from the podcast. Okay. And a yeah. few of them have like picked up some good traction. I like to give sh- you a follow. Yeah, like the Sean Avery thing where we were talking about Sean Avery. He, as I said, used to play for the Los Angeles Kings. He has had many high profile girlfriends. He is now, <laughs> now married with a kid, but he used to date uh, Elijah Cuthbert, who uh, she's the blonde. You ever see that movie Girl Next Door? Yes. She was the blonde. Ah, uh, with you. Okay. Great movie. So he dated her. Great movie. Yeah. He dated her. And then he also, I guess he also, <laughs> he took the Olsen twins to Bonnaroo. <laughs> this guy's got the scoop. So he Secretly uh, working undercover for TMZ. <laughs> he, so Avery, I guess when he was with the Rangers... He knew people back in California because he played for the Kings before he played for the Rangers. And I asked him to tell the story because I heard about it on another show. I mm. literally, I just asked him, did you take the Olsen twins to Bonnaroo? And he goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad you asked that question. Yeah. Um, here, I'll, I'll find it here. Yeah, because uh, you know, like... Just the principle it, of it. Yeah, you have to find questions that no one has asked before. Yeah. yeah and he found the one. Here you go. And I'm sure he had to laugh a little bit. So you took the Olsen twins to Bonnaroo? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, Mary Kate. I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. They love music. Yeah. So what, did you know them or did you just hit them up? Like, hey, you want to go to Bonnaroo? No, we hung out. There was a, a period in New York for uh, three or four years. There was a bar, a bar called the Beatrice Inn, and uh, it was like a legendary bar that we all hung out at. And it was a pretty small Nick group, like, and everybody became friendly that hung out at that bar. So um, I was actually quite friendly with with their bodyguards. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> You could, t- the you could tell. Yeah. He, had, he so, had not been asked about that so I put, forever. I put what that on TikTok. Great, yes, that's excellent. I put that on TikTok and it got like 12,000 views. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just random shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Trying to organize yeah. his thoughts about us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing about TikTok is like, people think, it, people think it's just it's just dances. Yeah. It's not. Like, no. they have, like, that app has conquered the ability with like, deep learning and algorithms to rank videos like you can you can put something out there and get a bunch of views yeah. on it without having a lot of followers Dude, because of the way their app is set up i have 150 followers and yeah. yeah so i mean anything on there can take off yeah seriously well i i really tried to you know we've talked about it enough on our show i tried to avoid it as long as i could just i didn't want another thing and tim kept telling me about the deep learning like hey man there's there's a lot of different stuff out there I think you could benefit and then my other buddy sent me a video of some guy doing a movement or exercise and yeah the 
the info was good, but it was just so like, bleh, where it's like, okay, can I do this better? Yeah, probably. So I'm testing some things, but I'll put, you know, podcast clips on there. I'll talk simply nano movement. Like I'm going to do another one today. So it's just, I got to figure out how I'm entertaining online like that. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm getting stuck on right now is what's my entertainment there? Like, how do I add my blend of that? So, yeah, I mean, it's exploding, man. It's, it's yeah. Like, I think TikTok is probably peaking, but ride the wave. Sure. Seriously. For sure. Right. Are you on Clubhouse for your uh, podcast? No. no? I, I haven't dabbled with that either. I've been meaning to, but I guess it's kind of, they're kind of like hangout rooms where you can just mm-hmm. kind of jump in based on a certain topic and, you know, observe or give your yeah. two cents. Twitter's kind of coming out with something that's comparable to it as mm-hmm. well. Okay. That's like within theirs. I don't, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've heard Clubhouse would be good for us. A few people have told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, God, another thing. Yeah. Another thing. It's all about yeah. attention, where people's attention's at. Right. So, so um, I just have like a couple questions, and yeah. then I, I want to make sure we hit everything you want to hit too. Uh, but this one, more related to the business, because now you're kind of running your own business, so to speak. How, how has that shifted mindsets and changed how you've gone about certain things, or has it changed anything at all? I think I've always realized that you need to sell yourself doing mm-hmm. this. So I, I don't know if anything's changed, but definitely I'm thinking more into the future now about different avenues of broadcasting because over the spring I was doing some Notre Dame baseball and Notre Dame ended up going to the College World Series, which was cool. Right, awesome. So those Notre Dame baseball broadcasts, they're on the ESPN app. So they're accessible for everybody nationwide, which is cool. Yeah. So, and I know that coming up here, I'm going to be doing filling in a couple, doing a couple more South Bend Cubs games, and a couple of those games are going to be picked up by Marquee Sports Network, which wow. is the Cubs national yeah channel. So that's cool. But I think now I realize that into the future, if I'm going to be doing more TV, which would be pretty cool, um, it's about mar- marketing yourself and you got to make sure that you're looking presentable. So uh, I've developed a pretty good suit collection. Nice. Um, I like the one I wore to the Pat's wedding. You look sharp. That was the pinstripe you looked one. really yeah, sharp. Was, yeah. yeah. So you're going to get a collection too? get a collection of pinstripes. Uh, I don't know about a collection of pinstripes or else I'd be like Jay Wright at that yeah. point. <laughs> uh, I had Steve Lavin on the podcast and he is the king of pinstripe suits. So yeah. that is the only pinstripe suit I own, but I love it. Yeah, and uh, looks good. It only breaks out in special situations. Hey, but no, I you got to market yourself. But for sure, when you get the opportunity in the bright lights, you got to make sure you're presentable. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you're on your p's and q's, right? So sure. I don't think anything has particularly changed. But I'm just realizing more that okay, like this is getting to a time where it's time to lock it in. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And that's I guess I was more curious if there were any mindset shifts with now. Kind of having a little business. Yeah. No, I, I think I've always realized that like something yeah. like really marketing yourself would come up at some point. Like sure. I turned 27 in November. So like I, I, if I think back to being like 22 when we graduated, if you would have told me like 27 is when you're starting to approach like being on TV or like getting like games on like mm-hmm. an ESPN level, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, five years, like five years to get yeah. to that point is pretty reasonable yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah. 
good, man. Well, I'm glad to see it going that way. Really am. Thanks, bro. Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, doing TV is completely different from radio, obviously. Yeah. Two completely different styles. On radio, it's all about description, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, on TV, it's all about kind of being in the person's living room. Yeah. That's what Jim Nance does so well. It's more about body language, too. And body, well. And how you, like, yeah. Not talking engaged. too much. There's a yeah. term in broadcasting. It's called letting it breathe. When you let a game breathe. On the radio, you can't really do that as much because, again, you're painting the picture for the person. But on television, say Jim Nance is calling Tigers Masters win, you'll notice that Jim Nance, he'll say what he needs to say and then he'll stop talking for yeah, a very he does long a really time. Yeah, he does a really good job of doing that. It's called letting it breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You let the picture do the talking. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Sure. Yeah. I remember when, when, uh, when Roma was first calling NFL games, that was the one thing that he kind of struggled with yeah. is he would talk a little too much. Yes. But you've noticed in the past couple of years, he's he's worked on that specific thing. It's letting the game breathe, and you find that his words are much more valuable when he like doesn't say as much. And he's obviously one of the best NFL broadcasters. That's why he gets paid right. twenty million a year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's a good point that you yeah. brought up. So. Awesome, uh, Tim. Anything else before our final Q four? Um, I guess one more. The one that we have written down here is: uh, Do you have any? Uh, guests, like future guests that you're oh, like yeah. trying to get on yeah. soon, or like any like shoot for the stars guests or any ones that you've got on the top uh, of your radar? We're trying for Scott Drew. Okay. Who wow. is an alum of yeah. our fraternity. Yeah. Uh, he is friends with some older alumni that I know. So we are trying to get that locked down. Uh, Coach Drew said he would come on, so it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Nice. Um, down to earth guy. Yeah. Sure. Really yeah. trying for uh, Morgan Riley, who is a defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This okay. is a great story. Brian Todd and I took a trip to Toronto in November of 2019. So a couple months before everything kind of went yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, but we went, we took a t- Canada trip and we were just like, where can we go? That would be cool. Because at the time, B-Todd was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I was in South Bend. So I was like, well, we could go like Pittsburgh or New York. But I was like, how about Toronto? Like go to a Maple Leafs game. I've, it's always been my dream as a hockey fan, to go to a game in Canada, whether that's Toronto or Montreal or wherever. But Toronto's kind of like the mecca. That's where the Hockey Hall of Fame is. So B. Todd and I take the Toronto trip. I drive up to Grand Rapids, and then we drive over across the border. And we go to the Leafs game. I love going to hockey games and watching warm-ups around the glass because that's what I always did with my uncle. Okay. Uh, My uncle Dan was a season ticket holder for the Hawks before he passed. And that's what we always did when I was a kid. We went by the glass, me and my dad and my uncle, and we watched warm-ups. Just get that. Watching warm-ups along the glass, it's just like you get that angle that not many other people mm-hmm. get. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah. So I took B. Todd down, and I, like, kept him in the tradition. Like, we're going to go watch warm-ups by the glass. <laughs> so we're right on the glass. We are on the end wall. So we're looking up and down to the ice. From our right corner, these two guys in suits – walk up and sit to our right and the guy comes up he goes this seat taken i said i'm in your seat he goes no 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 i just like to come watch morgan so that's kind of weird so i said have a seat <laughs> so and uh after like five minutes of us just watching warm-ups and me not saying a word i finally just turned to guys like brendan king how's it going he goes andy riley i said you really the Morgan Riley goes, I'm his dad. So it's Morgan Riley, who is a star defenseman no in the National Hockey League. He was a first-round pick a few years ago. Okay. Uh, stud, great player. And I start 
<laughs> getting to know Andy Riley, his dad, I realized they're from Vancouver. I traveled to Vancouver in 2017 with the Hawks, met quite a few people mm -hmm. there with the radio station up there. I just toss out a name. Do you know so-and-so? He goes, oh, known for 15 years. Get so, out. Yeah, so yeah, I get Andy Riley's number, and I still have it to this day, and I've reached out about potentially talking to Morgan. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so some of those just stupid little things. Yeah. That yeah. you never expect yeah. to be. I just, you rub shoulders, this you rub shoulders yeah. with people, you're in the right place at the right, right. time. Yeah, in, in, in a different country, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah, of all times, you take a random trip to Canada. Right, and we're and sitting at this specific section of the building. I mean, right, yeah. You know, one of those things. You're here to watch Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so BK, I know that you know that we always ask everyone a final question, but anything else that you want to hit real quick, maybe we didn't cover, um, and as well as plug where people can find you as well. Yeah. I mean, we kind of touched on this, but like the grind never stops. Like I take very little time off, went to go see my parents in Naples in April. And since then it's been just full go. Um, that, that April trip was probably the first time off I'd taken in you know, since coming back to Indy since August, 2020. So mm -hmm. it's been a grind. I'm feeling really good about where I am about to start covering Colts camp. As I said, um, practice starts tomorrow and I'll be out there every day, hopefully getting interviews, hopefully getting some sound Awesome. and I'm ready to go. So no man, grind continues. And it, that's, that's going to be the case forever. I mean, I, if, I think if you ever, unless you're at like a Jim Nance level where you could just sit home and they'll pay you a million dollars, but like, <laughs> Very few people in this world are at a gymnast level. Yeah, so you have to pay your dues if, before if, you get to that point. If you ever yeah. stop, you're doing yourself a disservice. So it's just going to keep on going, and I'm going to keep on going until somebody yeah. tells me I can't, right? Hell yeah. So, I love it, man. Yeah. And the universe will give back. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to get lucky. Sometimes you're sitting next to a star NHL yeah. defenseman's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another country. and you know, Right, but know. you wouldn't have made that connection if you would have taken the initiative to inter Right. Either, right. So. Well, it kind of got awkward after like five minutes. Like, right, <laughs> yeah. I, just stand I guess I have to. Yeah. I'm gonna go get a corn dog. <laughs> yeah. You, you good? <laughs> or uh, no? Okay, that's good. good. Hit me. All right, BK. How do you want to be remembered? Mm. It's all said and done. How does BK get remembered? Mm. Uh, I want to be remembered less as a broadcaster, but first as somebody that just always gave the time of day to anybody that came up to me. Okay. Because now being 26, it's kind of a weird stage of the game where I'm relying on people older than me, Pat, David Kaplan, those types of folks to help me to get where I want to be. Mm -hmm. But now kids in college and like 22 year olds graduating where I was in Cape Cod and Boise are reaching out to me mm. about how I, I get, how they get to where this stage yeah yeah so it's weird in a sense that i'm helping somebody and then 15 minutes later i'm calling somebody to help me yeah right yeah. so and I'm, I'm listening to stuff and i will help any kid that reaches out if mm -hmm. a kid reaches out and asks for help i will help them that's awesome i will never say no i've made that decision because i know that people have sacrificed a lot for me and i've asked a lot of people mm -hmm. for a lot of things and like you said, kind of give back to the universe and the universe will help you, right? So as a person, I just want to be remembered as a good friend that always made the time of day for somebody, no matter <clears throat> if it was at a good time or a bad time, that I'm all, I've always got somebody's back. As a broadcaster, I want to be remembered as a guy that never cut corners, that paid dues, grinded away, never 
made excuses and like even with like if you if you don't make excuses or if you're not making excuses after a global pandemic i think you're in pretty good shape yeah you know so no excuses balls to the wall keep going no matter what and again keep going until somebody tells you you can't do it or until like you you yourself like cannot function like Mm -hmm. i'm in the booth if any of those two things happen that happens but i will be in the booth until that day good so there you have it bk i'm ready to get back to work bk the brendan kink show thank you so much for hanging brother thanks always a pleasure thanks boys thank you all right guys till next time